Hello and welcome to Season 1, a podcast where two best friends watch, review, and recommend TV shows that only aired one season. My name is Andrew. And my name is Presley. And this week, we watched Lovecraft Country. It was Presley's choice. Uh, I'm not going to spoil anything yet, but it was a good choice. That's a spoiler. Anyways, (laughs) now that we've got that covered... (laughs) Good start. We're so going to go ahead and, yeah, great start so far. Great cold open. Uh, okay, so what we're going to do, since there was no intro song or intro music to this show, as seems to be a trend lately, uh, we're actually going to play the outro music for you because it is consistent and it's actually a banger. So after that, Presley, why don't you tell me and our listeners a little bit about Lovecraft Country? Cinnamon, where you gonna run to? Cinnamon, where you gonna run to? Where you gonna run to? All on that day, will I run to the rock? Please hide me and run to the rock. Please hide me and run to the rock. Please hide me, Lord. All on that day, but the rock cried. Lovecraft Country was an HBO Max original show that aired back in 2020. The story follows Atticus Freeman, played by Jonathan Majors, as he returns home from the Korean War in the 1950s. Living in Jim Crow-era Chicago, Atticus comes back to address a letter he received from his estranged father. Together with his uncle, George Freeman, played by Courtney B. Vance, and a former school friend, Letitia, a.k.a. Letty Lewis, played by uh, Journey Smollett, travel to Lovecraft Country, a.k.a. Artem, Massachusetts. Following an attack by white citizens and Lovecraftian monsters, the three arrive at a massive home owned by the Braithwaite family. Atticus learns that he is the sole heir to the Braithwaite family, who were magicians attempting to enter the Garden of Eden, which caused the destruction of the whole temple and home, which they are now in a recreation of. As the trio find Atticus's father, they escape, but George, uh, Atticus's uncle, is shot and killed. Returning to Chicago, Atticus and Letty try to piece together the events of the manor and figure out what Christina Braithwaite, played by Abby Lee, is trying to do after she resurfaces in their lives. Over the course of the series, there are various attacks by other white community members, magicians, ghosts, and monsters. Going on a quest, Atticus and Letty recover the Book of Names, where they learn the ways of magic to stop Christina from becoming immortal and killing Atticus on the autumnal equinox. Through deceit, however, Christina discovers this plan and is partially successful in her attempt to become immortal. But with the help of the team that Atticus and Letty have formed, including family members and friends and uh, estranged uh, you know, folks in their lives, Christina is ultimately thwarted uh, in her immortality, and all magic is removed from white people for the rest of time. Atticus dies in the end, and we are left with Letty and her unborn child returning to their lives in Chicago. End of series and show. Bravo. Thank that you was a hard for uh, recapping that. That is hard. There's a lot. I feel like this is also a theme is that a lot happens in these these shows, but like a lot happens. And I, it, you know, it has like a story continuity line, but like for the middle yeah. like six episodes, it's not. It's much more bottled in the sense of like the dilemma of that one episode rather than like the whole. Yeah. Like, there's there's kind after, of a 
like the yeah. first two episodes where the basically that the first half of the synopsis is just the first two episodes yeah. uh there's just a whole other episode of letty buying a house and like renting it out to friends and uh people in her neighborhood and it's haunted and it's like very l- loosely connected to everything but it's like yeah, it's pretty firmly connected i mean so but christina it's not about gives her, the main christina well, it is christina gives her the money for it so first right. and foremost, she, she got the she money from Christina know. to buy it, which she didn't know. Christina tried to come in. She told her, fuck off, go away. Don't ever come in my house. My, you may have bought it. My name is on the deed. But then Hiram, the guy who was haunting it, was part of Christina's, or Christine, whatever, Christina's, like, their cult. What do they call them? The, I don't remember. The men of Adam. What do they call it? Yeah, it's something uh, like that. It's a stupid name. Ancient Dawn. There's so many random names of things. Order of the Ancient Dawn, I think is what they okay, call themselves. Okay, that sounds right. Um, no, so Hiram was part of, or like one of the founders or whatever of that order. And the reason why Christina wanted to go in was find the orrery. And Hiram right. was basically like there uh, and like haunting it to keep people away from it and protect his orrery and his magic and all that kind of thing. So it was connected i'm not saying they're not connected like every single thing that happens in each episode has some connection one way or another to the main thrust of the plot but the greater point is that you could take say the fifth episode in the series and watch it with less content like without having watched the rest of the series and you could probably understand the core dilemma of that one individual episode uh without having the greater context this isn't like a good or a bad this was just like something i was noting about because like in trying to synopsize you're right that i can't go into that level of detail with every single episode because every single episode has something like that where it's like well the house and the haunting are the thrust of the episode it is related and you find that out two episodes later right so um i have a bombshell to start this episode with uh just before you drop this bombshell which yeah I'm here for. Uh, it's the Sons of Adam. So the Sons of Adam were the people who had this order that Christina was a part of, and that well couldn't um, be really a part of because she was well a couldn't woman. be because she was a woman. But but they're the group that you know she is a daughter of the leader of the Sons of Correct. Adam who uh, is killed. And but then the Order of the Ancient Dawn are like the other people who are like the the police officer guy who was running it the whole time, right? And like that group. So they're two type different groups, but they're kind of like stemmed from some of the same magic and some of the same, I think some of the same uh, lineage ideas and, and wants yeah. and, and motivations. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, anyways. the big thrust is like immortality and invulnerability right. or like what everyone's trying to do. Christina has a spell that basically makes her invulnerable to all harm and death, which yeah. isn't that immortality, but I guess she will eventually age and die. What immortality would mean that you, you're basically like, I don't know. They all seem pretty old. Like I got the impression that these people had been around for like hundreds or thousands of years, but I couldn't I tell. Know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's, it's it, ambiguous. Uh, yeah. Sure. I got the impression, but like, I don't know for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But then what the, you know, what's the point of immortality? Uh, so if they're already immortal. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. And then they're also <laughs> wanting to go to the garden of Eden basically right. to like rewrite history. It's like both time and space travel in the sense of like going there to be in this like eternal paradise. Right. Uh, but also to like be able to be part of the crafting of the world as it exists. So, uh, that's interesting. That gets, that is kind of dropped though. Cause then the immortality uh, becomes the more thrust of like all of Christina's stuff. She she kind of yeah. doesn't really care about the Eden yeah. stuff. 
Yeah, she doesn't care about the Eden stuff. That's more her like dad's motivation, and then she right. kills him to further her mortality magic stuff, and then that. Yeah, you're right. I mean, the the whole Garden of Eden thing is just kind of like unless it doesn't exist anymore because the person who was driving it is super dead. So, okay, my bombshell is oh, this. Yeah. It's okay. going to be very exciting to everyone. Any predictions on what my bombshell will be? Uh, no, I I got I. I I mean, I yeah, nothing. I thought maybe it was going to be that you hate it, but like that's not that much of a bombshell. No, because that's just potentially one of our yeah. It's just like two a possible options. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's like no, one of five outcomes. <laughs> as uh, regular listeners of the pod will know, that I chose this show uh, because it is spooky season. We're, we're recording in in the mid mid October, oh, yep. and this will be coming out. And I am a Freddy cat who is afraid of most things right. uh, when it comes to like horror films or shows or whatever. Uh, we know that uh, even uh, horror movie trailers will caused me to not sleep for multiple days on end this is not a joke this is yeah. really my it's existence. very real yep. uh but uh my bombshell is that this show was maybe the least scary show i've ever seen in my entire life really i was there that was zero the seconds of fear or anxiety or a scaredness uh to me the only time that i could say that i was like scared was when i was watching the like really fucked up Jim Crow stuff and like white people terrorizing black people with impunity. Yeah. That isn't what I would call scary in the sense of like what we talk about with like Halloween and like not, spooky monsters and what jump scare, what I think you yeah. anticipated I was going to be afraid of yeah. within the show. So, um I'm curious to th- did you think that this was scary? Um No, I mean it was scary in in the sense that like there were scary things that happened. There were monsters and like some suspense and some tension in some time at some points, but like it wasn't scary as in like, I wasn't scared or, or like, Oh my God, I need to like watch videos of puppies playing in a yard to like rinse my eyes of the image of whatever I just saw because I won't sleep tonight. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I would not. Oh, sorry. I, I would I would actually agree that probably the most frightening or the most like fearful that I was that I got was when we had to watch what was happening in Jim Jim Crow era Chicago to these people that that we were forming bonds with during the show. Um, yeah. Even even people that we weren't forming bonds with, we got, we see we saw a lot of terrible things happen to them, um, and it just that was more of like a, a frightening thing because that's the reality of people back then it's the reality of people since then and today so it's just it's very scary and very surreal yeah and uh, you know talking broadly about the show um this show did not work for me either let alone was not scary but i also uh you know like you said like maybe i hated it i kind of did hate it um what i hated though was the gobbledygook magic-y bullshit that the show starts to revolve around, especially later in the show. Okay. I really appreciated the first two episodes because they were very grounded. And then the Lovecraft, like the Lovecraftian magic-y monstery stuff kind of comes out of nowhere and hits you over the head. And yeah. I prefer that style where that's, that's kind of a very Lovecraft style story where there's kind of a mystery and you don't really know what's going on but a lot of times it's very rooted in just like human nature and then all of a sudden you know it cthulhu is behind it all this otherworldly god-like figure that you Mm -hmm. literally can't imagine and so i would have preferred that over them rambling in gibberish in the last several episodes casting spells a lot of a lot of adam 
language happening. Just That's made just up gibberish. Bullshit. Yeah. I, it's maybe my funniest, like, the thing that I laugh at most in shows like this now. Like, after we watched... Um, what was it? The Winchesters, right? Which has a lot of this. Like this show felt like uh, one notch up from the Winchesters for me because mm. it had like better acting and better budget. Yeah. But like fundamentally, they're kind of the same show. Yeah. Um, in, in a lot of ways, it's not a good or a bad. It's just kind of what it is. And like half the time, there's just these random people learning the spell and casting it, and they're just yeah. saying essentially lorem ipsum, right? Like just yeah, made up yeah. sounds, right? And I laugh so hard every single time somebody does it because obviously these actors and actresses are putting in their effort. They're they're doing their jobs, but you have to imagine the like when they're in the middle of these like intense moments and they're just while someone's trying to murder them, but they just continue. It's just like, how do you keep a straight face when you're saying stuff like that? Uh, So my, that, that's my bombshell. Um, And I'm sorry y'all that you maybe who are hoping to hear me uh, freak out about how scary the show was, but it was not scary in the slightest. No. I watched it in the pitch black in the middle of the night and I was not scared. It yeah. sounded fine. Yeah. Um, interesting. So, okay, we'll, we'll go into your, your thoughts a little deeper, maybe give you your, your goods and bads, I guess on the show, since we've kind of already covered some thoughts. Um, yeah. What, what are some like itemized goods and bads? So, like, before I get into that specific itemized, here's what I will say, right? Continuing on with my point a little bit. This show would have been a billion times better and comparable to a show like Watchmen, which has a lot Mm. of similar themes and is a much better show, in my opinion, uh, to to, uh, this show. If instead of literal magic, literal monsters, whatnot, if the... Jim Crow and uh, prejudicial racist uh, goings on of the show were presented in a way that were otherworldly. So as opposed to just seeing, uh, you know, uh, for instance, right, in the first episode, they're traveling across the country from Chicago to Massachusetts to go to Artem. And they stop in at what they believe is a black-friendly deli restaurant uh, to get some sandwiches because George, uh, uh, Atticus is the main character's uncle, runes a uh, safe... what is I forget what it's, it's called. I can't remember precisely what it's called, but it's basically, it basically like a sa- safe travel organization for black people. Yeah. Right. Where it's trusted business. Like a travel guide. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Specifically tailored to, to black folks. And yeah. uh, they go there and the uh, it is not what it is labeled to be. And so they just kind of go in and sit down and try to make friendly and, and order sandwiches and just move on. Just not be a big deal. And they get basically chased out of mo- out of town by a, a mob of white people holding guns. Right. Not basically. They do. No, that's exactly what happened. We're I mean, trying they to flee ahead them. of being chased out. Yeah. Right. Like if yeah. they had not fled, they would have just been killed there. But yeah, the that is a reality of what black people had to face living in the fifties. It might be a slight caricature in certain aspects for throughout the show. I'm not saying this case in particular. I'm saying that there are certain times when I'm sure they embellish or go overboard to kind of create more of a horror aspect. But what would have been more interesting is instead of a mob of uh, people in trucks with guns shooting at them as they're racing out of the country is a giant monster truck shaped coming after them right and them not really being able to like explain it or understand it at one point the truck gets flipped over uh because uh, a uh, well actually christina 
saves them. But uh, we don't know who she is at the time. She's just this random woman that yeah. just steps out of this nice car. But imagine if that was the reveal that instead of being a monster, it was actually just these white people in a pickup truck. Imagine if that was all the the horrific things that happened throughout the show and we're continuously seeing these monsters, these horrible acts, atrocities, but really it's just actual people doing actual terrible things mm-hmm. and would have been presented like that in a really interesting way, uh, creating a, a, a different type of narrative to what we normally see when we're presented with like stories of uh, people in this time. I see. I get what you're saying. I just definitely an interesting concept. Interesting. Yeah. Definitely an interesting I, concept. Like we said, it gets too literal and sure. I mean, I, I guess I should say good before I get into bad, huh? That was my rant about this show. This show had a lot of potential, and it yeah. really let me down, honestly. That's that's really what it ultimately comes down to. I'll say my good, uh, I think the acting is really good. I was really sad that Courtney B. Vance dies in the second episode, because he's probably the best actor in the show, uh, and he was my highlight up until he died. Um, yeah. And they could have brought him back at any time, because Letty dies multiple times and is brought back to life multiple times, uh, and they just don't, and I just don't think they could afford, uh, afford Courtney B. Vance for that yeah, long. Yeah, probably not. Um, so I, I think the acting's pretty good. And I do think, especially in the first two episodes, I was like watching Jonathan Majors and I was like, he's doing a very, very good job. Uh, mm-hmm. you, he's very believable as who he is. And I kind of like that he's a bit of a dork despite like looking very like buff and fit because he's a, a vet. Um, but he yeah. just loves to read this like shitty pulpy novels uh, about, you know, Lovecraft <laughs> yeah. monsters and space wizards and what, you know, like that's fun. Uh, and the settings and the like, aesthetic of everything was really well done like you that never for a moment did i question they were in the places where they were supposed to be uh nor did i question like this doesn't feel period appropriate or accurate like everything felt like it should be there so those are my those are my goods what about you um i agree with the 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 final point you had there everything felt pretty like period accurate everything felt like it was the 50s um from from what i've ever been portrayed um i i did really like the the acting i thought everybody played really yeah. Uh, like did a really good job of portraying their individual like characters very well. It was they were all very believable. It didn't feel like they were acting in some cases. Like it felt like that was who that person was. Totally. Which I think is like just a pinnacle of acting. Like it, when you can believe that person is who that person is portraying, that's pretty. That's pretty good, right? Like that's literally acting, but it's on such a high good level. I think by pretty much everybody that's in this series. Yeah. Um. That and that's that that's a good for me because it's strong i mean how many times have we watched series for this and like you have either everybody's really bad or there's one person who's literally carrying the entire show yeah well no fucking wonder yeah Yeah, no wonder it was canceled yeah i Um, that that does not happen here and like you're saying i don't feel like you know the last episode the last thing that i recently saw with courtney b vance in it was when he was playing johnny cochran on uh the people versus oj simpson okay and both him in that and in this they both have they both go on like spiels about um black empowerment and uh you know importance of protecting the communities those kinds of things but at no point did i feel like oh he's just doing his johnny cochran impression again right despite the fact that he's saying basically the same thing and i think that's like the real mark of a good actor is that even in presenting similar styles uh messages whatever 
they're feeling very different. And then you go to Jonathan Majors, who we know is like playing Kang now in the Marvel stuff. Uh, and, you know, I've seen him in other things. And again, he does not feel like those characters I've seen elsewhere in. So I just appreciate that there is a dedication here to yeah. being uh, unique and different. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So that would be that would be one of my goods is acting was on point. Um, I, I don't know. I actually really like the idea of. I actually really enjoyed this show. I, I liked I'm glad all you of liked the. It. I I liked that the Lovecraftian, and I don't know a lot about Lovecraftian stuff. Like I I I haven't read any of the books or any of, you know, any of uh, Matt Rutt's stuff or any of like H.P. Lovecraft's stuff. I, I'm really very new to this, but I liked how it felt very fantasy, but also felt very like rooted in what was actually happening in the real world. Like a lot of what people were accomplishing was through this really crazy magic or they were like helping like their, the, the systems that these people were a part of, like the police and all this kind of stuff were, were aided by the strength of their magic and potentially like kept strong by that. And those generations upholding it. I don't know. I thought that was really interesting. I've read several of Lovecraft's like core stories, some of his more famous ones that are okay. kind of the well-known ones. I've not read the novel uh, Love Lovecraft Country, Country which yeah. is this is what it's based on. Right. Um, but I do believe that it borrows from a lot of Lovecraft's lesser works, and yes. that is why I'm not seeing like a lot of the staples of what I perceive to be kind of right. Lovecraftian horror. And they even call it out a little bit because in the first episode. Um, Atticus picks up one of the pulp books that's in the his uh, uncle's garage and he's like flipping through it and they like mention that this is like one of his less like most people have not read this Lovecraft work right it's mm -hmm. like and I think that's like where they're pulling from they're trying to yeah. be a little different from the norm I also know that H.P. Lovecraft has his own history of um, prejudice and uh, uh, problematic history so we, we don't yeah, need to go into that he was that, a white supremacist I, yeah, Pretty essentially, bad. and, yeah. and uh, I know uh, someone told me he was quite anti-Semitic, and a lot of his stories yeah. are are kind of representational versions of anti-Semitism, yeah. which is very unfortunate. Um, but then taking these stories now and kind of creating a, a black empowerment story is kind of a cool twist on those things because uh, mm -hmm. that's what the novel did, and that's what the show's doing. Uh, however, I do think like it's it doesn't like hone in that closely to what I know of H.P. Lovecraft stuff. Sure. So that's fair. Uh, just kind of takes the inspiration of the magic in the world and kind of like totally. I, I believe that if we Googled some of the names and terms, the yeah. first things we would find were HP Lovecraft references. And then second yeah. things would be this show's references. Yeah. Or yeah. Book. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, so I guess turning back uh, to, to my, to my good point was that, yeah, I just really liked how a lot of the, the systems and, and the oppression and whatever were, were tied in with the 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 magic it didn't for me feel as random in that sense uh because it was like well we've maintained these systems and we've maintained our our prosperity and all this through having this magic and maintaining all this and that's how these you know systems are what they are while also making them feel very rooted in the reality of what happened then and what happens now for um for bads I think <laughs> you can't kill your main character. Yes, you can. That's I mean, the best thing about the show is that they kill him. Really? Okay. 
Because uh, a, we know that death is extremely impermanent in this universe, so he he would have come back for the next season anyway. That's like, fair. You, that's I have fair. zero question in my mind. Two but, is that if you don't create stakes of actual death or finality, it doesn't matter. Friends right. has no stakes because I know that Ross isn't just going to die randomly in an episode. Right. Versus you know here it's like this culminates in a meaningful sacrifice to save others that yeah. is impactful. So I've really, I don't, I don't have a problem. Well, it's impactful, but it's also not by your point. Like it's impactful. He dies. Everybody's sad, but like everybody's getting resurrected and like they're going to resurrect him anyway. So why did he need to die? Right. Because it doesn't mean anything. So it's like you have the bait and switch, right? Like you could in the next season, right? You could come in and the first seven episodes, Jonathan Majors does not show up. Maybe he shows up in a flashback or something or yeah. whatever. I guess right. That's fair. And then you yeah. and then you and then he shows up, right? Same th- I mean that's how they did Courtney B. Vance, right? He's in the first two episodes, dies, and then shows up in flashbacks in I think like yeah. episode seven or eight or something like that. Yeah. And so you can do stuff like that, and his death is meaningful and impactful and it affects multiple characters in the show uh in meaningful ways. And yeah. it doesn't rob it of its value or importance. And I think you could do that here. That's fair. Yeah. I don't know. So it was, it was a bad for me. It's kind of like, I see your point. I understand why it's, but it's like, yeah, yeah. You kill your main character and it means something, but it also doesn't mean anything kind of depends on how you play that out. Right. He could be resurrected right away because he's the main character. We follow him primarily, but then you could also leave him dead, which then leaves us like, what is happening? Like what? Our main character is dead. Now, how do we have a story that connects to the previous season if our main character whose bloodline tracks back to the original Sons of Adam and like Adam and Titus and all whatever kind of thing? Like how how do we, we lose that connection? Um so it's just it kind of leaves my my me scratching my head a little bit. But um I don't know, as far as as far as any other bads, I didn't really have a lot. I, I personally really enjoyed the show for what it was. Um, what about you? What other bats do you have, or what bats? Uh, the show was really, really boring. Really boring. Yeah, I found that very little. In- the only time things that are interesting that are happening are when they are like doing some weird gobbledygook yeah. that is like funny to laugh at because it's like this is supposed to be like this kind of serious, like down to earth, like uh, not necessarily down to earth, but like it- it's supposed to have a deeper message beyond like a, a fun pulpy. Uh, fantasy novel, right? right? Which is kind of what it's based on. So that I was entertained there, but anytime that that's not happening, it's just bo- like nothing happens in this show. Like there are five episodes in the middle where I can't tell you anything that happens uh, to any of the main characters because it's all, it's very like dialogue heavy, but it's not dialogue heavy in the way that you and I kind of tend to enjoy where it's like meaningful to the characters and drives development and creates conflict and resolves conflict. It's just kind of like wrote like behaviors that these characters are falling in. And it also didn't do its main job of being like at all scary or spooky. So I just didn't, it, didn't hold my attention when I wasn't paying attention to the like moments of actual horror of white people, uh, you know, hurting and killing black people, right? Like, because that is the actual scary part of the show and that Mm -hmm. is where it has the most to say. And so that's where I was able to pay attention. But then in other parts, it just, it just lost me so quickly. Yeah. Okay. Fair. 
Oh, okay. So I just thought of another bad. Uh, Gia, her entire story. Why? Literally, why? So the point of Gia is to be around at the final episode so that she can connect everybody with her weird sex tales. Right. I'm not. A, I'm not so saying that you're wrong. Why I'm is just she saying there? That it exists <laughs> for that. Yeah, I think it's but, also to provide like more context for like the inherent magic that exists separate from these two individual families that is going on. Like, yeah, the events that create her and her succubusness are completely independent of anything related to Atticus Freeman or the Braithwaites. So I think that is yeah. why she's in the story. I totally agree with you that I have no idea why beyond the like need of that one character yeah. situation in the final moments of the final episode. Literally to connect Christina and Atticus so that they can defeat Christina. That's the only reason she's in the entire series. Yeah. Again, the episode itself is good. It's a great episode. It's a great story. Yeah. Why? Right? Like yeah. it just doesn't really connect. And even even the thing where she goes and visits some like Oracle magic person and they're like, You're not done. You're not like you're still a demon basically like that doesn't mean anything why it doesn't matter like here's another important <laughs> thing that i think maybe is missed by this uh this point okay the reason that it is important at least in the episode separate from her connection at the final moments is that her tales end up do coming out at one point when her and atticus are having sex and so yes. she sees his death ahead of time yes. and tries to warn him of his death and he ignores said warning well but and he also he, reads about his own death and sees his own death because he goes back in the in the but that's the point i was getting to right is that then when he goes in the fucking multiverse machine we didn't even fucking talk about the multiverse didn't machine. even touch that uh, when he goes into that he gets a book from his son that is lovecraft country the book yeah. that this show is based right. on um and is like when they talk about the details of the book is accurate to the actual book which is kind of a fun uh twist mm -hmm. but it shows his death is in line with the death that was predicted of him which causes him to now believe her right which then allows for him to bring her into the fold thus allowing for the final sequence i'm, I'm not saying it's a good reason but the prophecy of his death is the is the start of the domino yeah. effect that leads him back to then investigate to his father's Gia, right. uh, letter. Yes. However, okay. Remove Gia, remove her premonition, remove all of her shit that she saw he was going to die. Yep. He goes in the future because the time machine shit happens. He gets this book. It's from his son. It says he's going to die. He's like, oh, shit. All of this stuff is real except for a few things that are changed. I'm going to die at this thing. We need to prepare for that. Same exact result, same exact story, same exact. You're missing part of the causality though, because the reason that he ever addresses the letter and comes back from Florida, because he came back from the war and was living separate in Florida. He was not in Chicago right. when he came back from the war. Right. Is him deciding to address the letter from his father that has to do with what he believes is Lovecraft country thus continuing on in the kind of craziness that he was content to leave behind when he left Korea. Mm. So I think that it's, it's subtle. It's not explicitly laid out, but this is like, again, I think one of the problems that we're kind of illuminating about this show is that it's just a bit messy and not for a good reason. Yeah. It, it's it, like, okay, well we have this character that needs to do this purpose. So let's create a reason for her to exist in the story rather right. than uh, an actual like 
if then cause effect kind of process. I get the I get the causality and the connection you're making. It's just it's a little weak, and they could have easily made him come back in a different way, right? Like yeah, I, it I could agree. have just been like, oh, my dad's missing. You know, as as tough as he was on me, and as rough as our relationship is, like if he's missing and he's in danger, like I still care about him enough to figure out what's going on, and that could be the and that's the same exact result in the very beginning that brings him back. Uh, I just it, it just didn't feel very important or very like i don't know it was just, just it was like just confusing it was like show that isn't one of the interesting parts this yeah is it my was, point about why it's boring yeah um yeah so that was the thing that was that was about it was like that whole entire thing didn't need to exist and it was just very very extra very superfluous superfluous excuse me i you're preaching to the choir my friend I, uh but i would yeah. disagree that a lot of it was boring or extra or not necessary like not necessary i would disagree tell but. me something that happens in episode five episode, that is i don't not have the main the entire plot. i don't have the entire show memorized Presley. that's fine then just tell me some narrative right <sighs> episode five I, pff, not even episode the... five separate from gia right uh, separate from the the story that we were just talking about right uh tell me something that goes on that has import in the story that that actually matters to the rest of the plot. Uh, this is probably around the time that Ruby discovers that she's been sleeping with William, who is actually Christina. Okay. And they're like doing the metamorphosis shit. Right. That has an impact because Ruby but was it interesting. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Point. So the whole, th- the whole idea of, of like Ruby experiencing life as a white woman yep and being able to directly contrast her experience with what a white woman experiences and then kind of having like that revenge moment and then also kind of understanding both sides of like christina's shit and then letty's shit she kind of like ties those things together and creates the possibility of like the betrayal or whatever that happened and you know what i mean like yeah, no, this is my point, right? Is I'm gonna I agree with you about everything that you just said because it falls into that interesting category of the Jim Crow dilemma that this show right. is trying to illuminate, right? Because there are moments where she, you know, for, for our listeners, right? There are moments where she drinks this potion that lets her turn into a white woman, right? Uh, and basically embody the, the, the life of somebody else. And she gets to work at this department store that she kind of had aspirations to work at before. Yeah. Um, she was like trying to be the first black woman to work there but then was undercut with this other black woman that got hired before her with zero qualifications and Ruby had a bunch of qualifications. Yeah. And as a white woman, Ruby basically mistreats and does a lot of the things that a white person would do to this black person, despite the fact that she is in essence, a black person doing it. Yeah. Right. right. And it is revealing to show that these systems of prejudice exist on a deeper level than just the fact that somebody's skin is a certain color. Right. Because here, Ruby is basically criticizing another member of her own race that hopefully she would try to bring up for not being a good representation of her race, which is a a classic way of discrimination that has existed for many thousands of years. So all of that again is interesting and I like that stuff, but separate from that plot, it's really hard to find anything interesting to talk about. And that's my like greater point, right? Is that that falls into the category of interesting uh, dynamics of race that the show plays with and right. misses the mark 
in the sense of other interesting things going on when it's not trying to do those things. Does that make my point any clearer? I get it. Yeah. <laughs> you just don't necessarily agree. That's okay. Well, I mean, because I, Ruby, Ruby has a part to play in the latter part, like latter episodes when it comes to setting up their, their eventual defeat of Christina. Yes, she has a very yeah, key part to play. I, I agree. And it just provides context to that situation and her involvement. But I don't think that for me, the whole like love story, intimate moments that are shared between her, both as a white and a black woman and yeah. Christina, both as a, as a woman and a man yeah, are not particularly compelling to me. That that's more that's of a fair. problem. And that's just like kind of what I'm talking about where, where you have interesting stuff going on with, with her working at this department store, trying to, you know, basically taking on the, the, the visage of this white woman but yeah. then you also have this kind of like oh they're kind of in love with each other but only when they're in these other bodies that aren't yeah. actually theirs but also yeah. they kind of are still and it's like i just don't care i just don't care you yeah, know and I, I would rather them do more fuller explorations of the more interesting stuff that we're talking about rather than yeah. including a lot of uh, fluff to stuff that i you know for instance that going there's uh, George's wife, right, who is now a single mother raising their daughter who right. likes to draw comics, gets sucked into the multiverse machine at one point. Yeah. So <laughs> she's, in, she's to provide context, she's yeah, investigating please. George's death. She discovers Artem. She thinks it's she, mysterious. They right, told her about it. They they told her that he died, but they didn't really like tell her exactly how. They 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 lied to her and told her the full story. And she started uncovering things. She went to Artem saw all of that and then was kind of retracing their steps and then found this observatory. Cause she also had the orrery thing, which yes, was kind of like, the orrery. she yeah. steals the orrery. Um, and then she ends up at this observatory where the sons of Adam had set up their time machine to go back in time. Multiverse to, machine, not a time machine. Or, or I guess it's a multiversal, it's a multiverse machine. Uh, but I think the idea was that they were going to try to go back to the garden of Eden. Right. That's why it was there. Yes, that was the original plan. Um, but she gets sucked into it, and right. then she's on what looks like an alien spaceship, and she's clawing at the walls and going crazy, and they're saying that she's not trapped. And then she becomes a dancer for a famous uh, black uh, Parisian dancer, and right. then she's a warrior priestess in an African continent from Colonizer. Yeah. She basically like lives a bunch of lives in a parallel dimension, and then comes back and is able to then control the multiverse machine when the rest of the team need to go to the Tulsa race massacre in 1921. Yeah. Right. And, and discover like, and grab the book. That yeah. Was that's how they get the book of spells. names. Yeah. But like all of the, like it's like 40 minutes of this hour long episode and it, yeah. it just gets tedious and boring. And it's like, I, this is a character that we haven't get, been given enough time to care about that much. And yeah. now we're investing a lot of time and energy into this cool story that if it was given completely on its own with more character development, could have been a much interesting, like this weird kind of multiverse traveling trippy moment. Right. Yeah. But in the end, then she just comes back, has weird ports in her arms, makes a robot arm for her child and has blue hair now. And it's just like, God, I wish that that had led to something more interesting than just kind of like a boring side plot. Right. That's fair. Um, yeah. Because the one second of Atticus traveling is much more consequential and is much more interesting than the 40 minutes that we spent with her. That's fair. That's fair. All of this is to say that I think we have differing opinions about the show, which is what we welcome. We we yeah. love it when we disagree. This is way more interesting yeah. for us, at least. You're but, wrong. 
and and it that's not and that's not even subjective. I'm, but I'm fine to be wrong. It's okay. I no, love being wrong uh, because yeah. you know if if being wrong <laughs> is wrong, then I want to be right or some 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 yeah. something pithy. Uh, I just it wasn't scary, and the stuff that was good wasn't good enough. Uh, like wasn't yeah. full enough. It didn't fill the show. It had yeah. great moments, great little narratives, great ideas, uh, but was not fleshed out enough um, for it. I think that we need to get into a little bit of our season two, what we would have had happen. We kind of teased some mm. of my thoughts, so I want to hear your yeah. thoughts a little bit more specifically, um, and then I can also share some of my stuff. So tell me, what would you have wanted? Would you have wanted more first off, and then you know what? What would you have done? You know, yeah, I I enjoyed this show enough that I would have wanted to see a season two. Okay. Um, where it's gonna go? Hell if I know. You have, you know, at the end, you have, uh, as you mentioned in your synopsis, white people no longer have any magic. Right. And Tick is dead, and they've defeated the Sons of Adam and the uh, the the order um what are they called order the of the ancient dawn yeah they've, they've defeated the sons of adam and the order of the ancient dawn or at least the ancient dawn's leader and those are a bunch of white men too so they no longer have magic it's hard to imagine where it goes from there right um you know we see tick probably come back alive debatable when it happens in their timeline of the series of the season right it could be right away it could be five episodes in it could be three episodes in who knows but he comes back they're facing some i'm i guess some greater threat from the multiverse this is the only thing i can think of is like okay the in their universe in their universe they have eliminated the threat of magic because in the place where they're at you don't see you you really don't see that many black people with magic but you also don't see them being adversarial toward each other right and so it's like how would you introduce i just don't think you introduce another like family that has magic and then they're fighting each other when you have the first season built on the 1950s jim crow chicago like it has to be some kind of multiversal thing where like, you know, someone's coming back to to fight Hippolyta or something. You're really or st- like I, I wish it's I could hard to imagine the struggle, right? No, it's no, hard no, to it's imagine. Fair. And yeah. and to to my credit, the reason why one of the reasons main reasons why this show was canceled, it actually got really good reviews. It was very yeah. widely regarded. One of the reasons why this goes canceled was because they couldn't figure out what the hell to do with a season two. Yeah. Literally, they it was too expensive, and they couldn't figure out where the hell to even go from here. They put themselves, they kind of like wrote themselves into a finality. Yeah, um, and so they couldn't figure out what to do, and so that's why I'm not even I'm not a show writer, and I can't even think of what the hell else is going to happen. Right? Like, if oh, those people couldn't even think of it, that's so easy to me. That like I I don't know why anyone didn't think of this. Yeah, well, shoot for the stars. Let's hear it. You you do a, a minor time jump to adolescent son of Atticus and Letty okay. growing up trying to learn this system, right? And you pit him against a, a, a somebody who was always interested in this kind of magic, but because of Jim Crow and other things, 
uh, could never kind of reach their full potential who's a person of color, right? They don't necessarily need to be a black person, just not a white person by virtue of the the ending of the right. first season. Right. And you have this kind of teenager, adolescent, somebody who's like Diana, who's the son of George and, and uh, Hippolyta, uh, their age trying to figure out how to kind of combat these realities that they're now facing of somebody now who is uh, a malevolent entity in spite of the the color of their skin, right? And then you have opportunities through the multiverse to bring back Atticus to be the the helper of 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 this child learning. You also mm-hmm. can present it in a really interesting time era because that's right around uh, the big uh, big uh, pushes in civil rights, right? The mid nineteen sixties are you know you have so much yep. wealth of cool things to do in that regard. Uh, you can have a slightly older Letty who is also dealing with like single motherhood, just like Hippolyta is doing. Right. You can raise Diana, and now she has a cool robot arm, and maybe she's a samurai or a superhero in some way because yeah. of her superhero comic. I think that there's like so much to do that's way more interesting than this first season would have been, um, and ways that you can go on either without Jonathan Majors and others that died in the show. Yeah. Or bring him back for little limited runs, right? They they tap into a multiverse where he became, he didn't die right at the end of season one, and he is like the master sorcerer of the universe or something, and he comes in and helps yeah. them in you know a, a moment of need. Like I so, think he comes back lot. as Kang, basically. There you go. I mean, we have two IPs with Jonathan Majors being in the multiverse. Yeah, uh, who's to say that he isn't Kang in this as well? Uh, so I don't know. I I Maybe think Marvel. we just. Maybe Marvel at this point. Yeah, uh, yeah. Jonathan Majors has some history to him as well, uh, which not again seemingly a good person. Yeah, we not won't get person. into all this uh, yeah. too deeply because uh, you know it's just it, it's not what the show's about. But yeah. I, I, you know, there are problems with a lot of folks, and we're just judging the shows. We're not judging the people. No. Uh, so that's what I would have done from season two. Okay, I that's think fair. I have some fun ideas in my brain that'll just live there forever in uh probably where they did belong and not on paper so season uh, two the show is completely different nothing is the same it's a it's a whole new show a lot of shows do that yeah no that's fair i mean it's, it's not that it's not the same it's that it's a it, you know it's the that's the big thing in prestige television nowadays is time jumps most yeah. of the time they're meaningless. Sometimes they're really thoughtful and well done. Uh, and this would be this a thoughtful true. and well done one in my head canon. So take that. Take Hollywood that. Elite. <laughs> uh, go over our star rating system for our, uh, our dear listeners, new and returning alike, and then give me your star rating for the show, Andrew. Okay. Uh, so zero stars is basically an idea that should have never been put to ink. One star is going to be an idea that should have seen a pilot, but no further. Two stars is going to be a show that ran one season, and that was all it should have ever been. Ran one season, we're done. Three is going to be a season that could go either way. Could have seen a little bit more. Could have been canceled after one season. That would have been fine. Um, it's kind of a watch your own risk if you like the themes and the ideas of the the conversation we have or the the theme of the show in general. Feel free to watch it. We may or may not even recommend it if we give it a three. A four is going to be a show that we would have really loved to see more of. We do like the show. It was a good show. Uh, At least deserved one or two more seasons to kind of wrap things up or to kind of like finalize some of the big ideas in the the show. A five is going to be a show that uh, is like the pinnacle of television. It's such a good show that it should have never been canceled. And it's honestly such a devastating blow to pop culture that it was canceled. 
So with that said, I'm going to give this a six out of five. Oh, um, wow. Damn. No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. No, um, you know, I, I kind of had my criticisms when I gave my uh, my idea for like a season two in that right. there really wasn't anywhere for it to go. Right. But I did really enjoy this show. And cool. so I'm struggling between like a three and a four. Yeah. Because like I would want to see, I really would want to see more seasons of it, like one or two more. And in fact, they had a second season in production yeah, for a while and they canceled it Yeah, because they just couldn't figure out where to take it. Um, so it's like, I'm kind of stuck in between a three and a four because it's like, yeah, it was one season. It probably deserved to be canceled after one season because they couldn't figure out what to do and they kind of closed themselves off in a way. Which is either a two or a three, depending on how you... Yeah, which is a two or a three, but also I did really enjoy it and I liked a lot of the themes they covered and a lot of the very like raw scenes and they they it was shot very well and everything was done in such a high quality that it deserved to be more um so it's kind of like i feel like i'm i'm almost actually feeling a pull to a two or a four so i think i just have to go three (laughs) right like there's reasons for either one of those and so that puts me right in the middle which is a solid three okay i i think that's totally fair i think there is uh a lot of people that enjoyed the show uh, with merit. I I think that people yeah. who enjoyed the show totally are justified and it has a ton of cool things to present to folks. I think that to certain people that the show would actually be pretty creepy and scary. There's some fucked up imagery and there's some really messed up shit that goes on both in terms of like monsters and in terms of racial relations. Uh, and so I, I totally agree with the three. I could see your four also being plausible. It's kind of what I anticipated based on our conversation, you're giving it, but three, works uh for me this is like so firmly a two that it can't be un unentrenched from the two position uh fair i I was fine with one season i don't want another one i'm not going to give it a one because it didn't deserve just a pilot it was better than that yeah right and i i think that like the hard part for me is when i watch a show i try to just take it for what it is but every opportunity that i had at this show that presented me with another way of fixing it or making it more interesting i liked more right like I see this this thing of like, oh, this is what you could have done, right? Like a little bit yeah. differently. It's still the same vein. It's still the same show. It's still the same narrative, but you could have just pivoted just slightly. And that's like where it's so hard for me. And I really try to not do that and judge it what it is. But like everything in the show to me was that where it's like, man, they could have done this and that would have been interesting. Man, they could have done that. And so it just has to be a two for me. I Like I said, I totally respect people that really enjoy the show. And I, I know that there'll be people that listen that are being like, what is Presley talking about? (laughs) Well, that's actually probably pretty typical. Well, but to me, it's just like, (laughs) it's, it's wasted potential of a really good show, right? This is like discount Watchmen, right? Like I think if you watch Mm. the HBO Watchmen show, you're going to get a lot more out of it in terms of its impact on both like as a fun, entertaining show to watch and what, like race relations are like both in modern and previous America. Uh, I listened to a really interesting podcast a while ago about how a lot of people until they watched that show were completely unaware of the 1921 Tulsa race massacre. And they thought it was a made up thing for that show when it's a very real horrific event. And because they present it very accurately to what actually happened in a lot of ways. Right. right? Uh, But then this show also basically borrows that same narrative and does some similar things with it. That's not a knock against it or anything. Right. But I think like if you're trying to watch like a good prestige show about 
the black uh, experience in the United States, I-, I think Watchmen does a better job. And so then when you watch this, you're like, man, I really wish this could have done a lot of the same cool things that Watchmen was able to do. Mm-hmm. And so that's where that's where I ultimately fall down. So, yeah. Interesting. All right. That's very Did you watch Watchmen? Fair. No. Oh, you should watch Watchmen. It's way better than the show. Oh, Presley, I have so much TV to watch. That's just this series, though. <laughs> so with that, Andrew, I think we've come to the end of our episode. Uh, but I would love to hear uh, with uh, our listeners alongside me exactly. for the first time what the next show is going to be. I was going to say, don't end us too quickly because we got a reveal coming up. After these messages from our sponsors, there are none. Anyways, so... <laughs> The next series we're going to watch is Mr. Corman. It's an Apple TV ah. Plus series starring Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, it's basically Mr. Corman is a high school teacher. Or not high school teacher. He's just a school teacher. Uh, it's a comedy drama series. Uh, there's about 10 episodes, 30 minutes a piece. Um, I don't know a ton more than that other than it just follows him in his life as a teacher. Uh, and I'll his tell personal you, the life. one thing I know is people told me it's really fucking depressing. So look forward oh, to that. Oh, good. <laughs> Just <laughs> uh, what we no, need as the holidays approach and yeah, all this right? as the stormy weather. In on us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, this is a show that I wanted to watch when it was coming out, and I just kind of missed it. Um, yeah, same. it sounded interesting, same. and I really like JGL. Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how we, we both enjoy it. Uh, yeah. I think to round off, Andrew, why don't you tell the folks where they can find more information about us, other fun things. Season underscore one underscore pod on all socials as well as our subreddit, r slash season one pod. Season one pod.com is our best place to find us. You can find all of our episode descriptions, episodes, where to listen, merch, Patreon, all that stuff right from yep. season one pod.com. You'll know a little bit about your new best friends as well. There's a little snip there. Um, yeah, that's it. Well, wonderful. We, uh, Thank you for sticking with us. This is uh, probably going to be a slightly longer episode, but we like it when it gets long and intricate yeah. and fun. So thanks, everyone, for listening. If you feel so compelled, we'd love a rating and review on iTunes or your podcast mm-hmm. listening app of choice, because I'm pretty sure we're on them all. If we're not, let us know. Uh, but thank you all for listening. Uh, but I think until next time, my name is Presley. My name is Andrew. We watch it, so you don't have to. <laughs>